Anthony. Welcome to episode 214 of the podcast. Happy to have you here. What's up? Hey, Brandon. It is great to be here. 214, that's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. It's adding up pretty quickly. Um, It's fantastic to have you here. Um, There's a lot I would love to talk to you about that we will talk about in regards to what you guys are doing with wine, with VinoVest. Before we do, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Uh, what's what's your story, your background? How did you kind of end up where you are now? Yeah, happy to. So um, my story, I grew up abroad, uh, mostly in Asia. So I lived in Hong Kong and Beijing for most of my life and came here for high school and college. And during my freshman year of college at USC, I founded my first company, Vinovest, or sorry, Envoy Now. Um, so that was an on-demand food delivery app. And what really made us special was that we were only for the students and by students. So that meant that you need an EDU email to sign up. Everything was geo-fenced um, across the campus. And all of your delivery people were your peers, your students. So we were able to use dining points. We were able to use um, that sort of extra student ID access to be able to get into libraries, make extra convenient fast deliveries. Um, I was really fortunate and able to get my first investment offer from Mark Cuban for that business. Mm -hmm. And a few weeks later, I was able to get accepted to the Teal Fellowship, which is a program run by Peter Teal. And he gives high school college students $100,000 of uh, free money to to drop out of college and pursue your idea. So um, that's cool. It was a pretty wild uh, couple months for me when I was just having all of that happen to a college student who didn't know shit about startups or anything like that. But I, I took that leap of faith, left school to pursue that business full time. And uh, we were lucky enough to be able to grow and scale over the next few years and get acquired by a subsidiary of Walmart. Was that difficult in any kind of way, getting the drop out of college money option versus, you know, stay the course? Um, or what was that whole experience like? Yeah, I am. Um, I think the biggest thing that it helped with getting that money and being able to talk with high profile investors like them was, was really the confidence. I always knew I wanted to start a business, but I thought I had to have that traditional path of like, you know, get good SAT scores and get into the good college, then get a good job after college. So, you know, do a bunch of mm-hmm. clubs and shit on campus and then get an MBA program. And then maybe you can know enough to start a business and, Turns out that's not the case at all. We're all just trying to figure it out. And uh, the best way to learn is to just build. And um, I think hearing that from someone like them who were very successful, they're entrepreneurs themselves, and having that vote of confidence just gave me, I think, that push I needed to be able to confidently you know, put in my leave of absence in college, leave my social life and everything at school, and just go heads down into company building mode. Yeah, it's always a difficult transition. Um, Colleges have a really bad dichotomy when it comes to um, teaching someone how to build a business because I don't think that really exists and can be taught in any kind of way on a college campus. Like it's something you kind of learn in the real world doing it. I'm sure you've had that experience. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's some things that college is good for, but I don't think entrepreneurship is one of them. No, it's kind of the polar opposite, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, the case studies are like 20 years old or 10 years old. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, well, I don't want to build this fake business that's on paper for a grade when I can build a real thing that can 
affect real users and real customers and make an actual impact in the world. Exactly. I mean, on paper, it never really pans out that way in the real world. Plus, you do business plans in the real world all the time, and they never pan out exactly how you want them to. Exactly. Um, yeah. Anyways, with what's VinoVest doing nowadays, and what's the inspiration to focus on wine and the direction you've taken it? Yeah. So after um, after the acquisition, I was just interested in alternative assets. So uh, I actually ended up working for a cryptocurrency portfolio management company called Blockfolio for a few years. Mm -hmm. uh, I joined um, as as their head of marketing, and um, you know we were able to just meet a lot of interesting people through crypto, and uh, a few of them were really into wine. So I was like, all right, you know, we're investing in a bunch of different things, and you know, angel investing in startups, investing in cryptocurrencies, and different other things, and um, a lot of the biggest whales I knew how were wine collectors. Um, and this was just a passion, you know, they're collecting wine and they were also saying that they were flipping a lot of them as well because um, good wine is expensive and they wanted to fund their expensive hobby just by, for example, you know, buying 20 cases, selling 15 and then you know, keeping five for them with the profits to be able to drink for free. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I wanted to dive into it, but then I realized very quickly that as a 20 something year old with zero wine industry connections, that it's pretty hard to break it in. You need that access, right? Knowledge, especially um, with me living in LA and not having the, the funds or the time to create my own wine cellar at home. Um, it was really difficult for me to navigate all those things. And I just remember going to my first auction and just looking around, I'm like I'm the youngest person here by like 40, 50 years. Um, and, uh, just felt so out of place. And I realized that there's definitely an opportunity here. At first it was just building tools to, to make my experience better. Um, the first thing was an algorithm that could help me quantitatively choose the best wines, taking the emotion and subjectivity out of it and uh, creating a quantitative strategy. And that soon turned into me and my co-founder uh, trading real wine uh, and then telling a lot of our friends about it because we were excited. And a few friends were like, hey, I've got a few thousand dollars. How about how would I throw into mind you manage it for me? And it had enough of those conversations where Brent and I were like, all right, well, we should either uh, start like a quant wine hedge fund or maybe make it an open platform for everybody to be able to invest. And the latter opportunity was much more interesting to us. And that's what VinoVest today. Uh, we're building the best place for people to be able to access one of the oldest asset classes in the world, which is fine wine. And, spirits yeah it seems like you guys have gone all in on wine i didn't know that could even be a thing were you a connoisseur of wine in any kind of way or was this something that kind of just came across your mind as a good idea to create an investment avenue for for people i, I really wish i could say i was a connoisseur brandon but uh, i still don't know shit about the tasting side of wine um, okay. i appreciate the stories about mm -hmm. wine i think it's really fascinating to hear the story behind the winemaker or the grapes and the history and the the effort that it takes to make a bottle of wine that's to me what really drew me to this market and then when i had the additional realization of the returns you know it's had double digit annual returns for 30 years um, it has a third of the volatility to the stock market and it's not correlated with the stock market so those numbers and the fundamentals of the wine market really attracted me to it as as a potential diversifier in my portfolio 
and uh, that's how that's how it all got started. What goes into investing in wine? Do you guys implement some type of algorithm or curate your own statistics, or do you use a third party for that? Um, or how do you go about determining that one bottle of wine has value over another bottle or even packaging that up? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, it's a lot like building a portfolio in the stock market where, um, you know, you've got your large cap, your blue chip stocks, right? Um, your S&P 500s of the world. And for us, translated into wine terms, that's the major established wine growing regions of the world. So that would be you know, Napa Valley or Bordeaux or Burgundy, right? These producers have been around for a long time. You can see the track record of their wine appreciation over a long time, and they're able to do that with very low volatility. So that's kind of the backbone of our portfolios. And then similar to say a high growth tech stock or a smaller cap or an emerging market stock, uh, we've got emerging wine regions popping up everywhere. We've got new producers that are starting new wineries with a lot of potential. So these may be a little bit more speculative, come with some more volatility, but um, can help to boost your, your overall returns if you're looking to create something that's globally diversified across um, across different vintages, different producers, and different countries. So that's how we really take our strategy when we, when we build somebody a portfolio. And the great thing is you don't need to know anything about wine to start with Vinovest. You can just put in those inputs on being like, I want to be aggressive or I want to be conservative and then put in your investment time horizon, right? If you're looking to hold for short term versus long term, that determines a different mix of the wines that we create for you. And then finally, we're able to handle all the offline stuff for you. So the access, the storage, the insurance, all that is custodied in our storage facilities so that you can just click on a smartphone and see what's up. Yeah, so do you guys warehouse these wines and package them together in-house, or, or how does that part work? Yeah, so we've got partnerships with major wine storage facilities all around the world, and they're located next to all the major wine regions. So it's really efficient when we buy from these wineries. Um, so we got one in, in France, we got one in, in Napa, and we also have ones located next to major wine growing and trading hotspots around the world. So. The UK is huge for trading wine. Um, Singapore, Hong Kong, you know, where there's a lot of investor interest there. Uh, so we have these sort of distributed uh, warehouse facilities where we can be really efficient from an offline logistics standpoint, and then also be able to authenticate and insure those wines in case anything happens to them. So we really want to protect the assets just like it were, you know, any sort of stock or you know, or crypto even. What does the return look like on investing in wine? Is it more or less comparable to something that's um, very slow in growth over time, or is it volatile? Or what's uh, the experience like for people you know that have been doing it through VinoVest or that have done it outside of VinoVest? Yeah, so returns on average in the market have been around, I'd say, low double-digit returns over the past few decades. So that's kind of what you can expect over a long time. Last year was really great for us. We had right under 20% annualized returns. The year before it was around 15%. Um, and on top of that, I think it's it's a very stable asset class. So low volatility, it's not something that you'll lose like you know 10% of the value overnight because of the fundamentals, right? It's something that is very supply and demand driven. People want to wait to drink older wine, but as the wine gets older, people are drinking them, right? It's, it's global consumption. So you have that sort of negative supply curve 
as the wine ages, which correlates with higher demand and pricing as the wine ages as well. Interesting. I've never thought that you could invest in wine. You've definitely sold uh, to me as an asset just now. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah, I didn't know either until a few years ago. So that's <laughs> it's a uh, that's why I think it's really just been only for the ultra wealthy until now. You know, mm -hmm. you just need to know so many nuances and uh, need a lot of, I think, resources to get started. Yeah, I guess that's true. If someone wants to invest in wine through VinoVest, how do they go about doing it? What's the process look like, the step-by-step? -step? Yeah, I would say just go onto our website or download our mobile app. Um, you'd fill in a short questionnaire about your investment preferences and what you're looking to get out of it. Um, and once you fund, our algorithm will take care of the rest. So we're the ones that are constructing the portfolio for you. We're the ones that can give you that beautiful dashboard to be able to track your mark-to-market and your prices over time. And you tell us when to sell, or we can give you recommendations on when you can rebalance your portfolio as the months go by so that you can be able to have the best possible portfolio according to the market movements. Um, and everything is done online. You can, the, the interesting thing is since you own the wine, you can actually go visit your wines in our facilities, or we could actually ship the wine to you if you want to drink it one day as well. Oh, so you can drink it if you want to consume it. Yeah, it's, it's yours, right? <laughs> so someone's got to drink it at the end of the day. Okay, cool. Um, have you guys thought about implementing blockchain or NFTs or crypto in any kind of way to maybe allow people to invest um, faster with more liquidity or just in a different type of vehicle? Yeah, that's an awesome question. I think just given me and my co-founder's background in crypto, it's always something that we're thinking about. Uh, something that we introduced last year was just allowing crypto payments, which really opened up our user base to a lot of folks abroad internationally, people who wanted to be able to take a lot of their profits from crypto off the table into something a lot safer like wine. Um, so that's been something that we've been really happy about. And then we are exploring the use of NFTs, right? Creating um, a physical asset backed NFT for each of our wine bottles to really certify ownership and provenance and also be able to facilitate easier means of of ownership transfer people say if I, if I want to just trade it with you on on the being platform you could do that in a trustless way in the future yeah i think that'd be a really cool implementation having nfts represent different bottles of wine that does open up another market too if someone wants to sell it in the future and then come claim it with you guys or or sell it or something yeah exactly so i know probably every single company and their mom is, is thinking about the the web three angle um and, and we're definitely no different what about outside wine? What about like other liquors or spirits? Um, is that another area where you guys might want to expand or is wine primarily like the market to go to when it comes to alcohol? Yeah, that's an awesome question as well because we do see similar attributes in other sort of fine spirits. So uh, whiskey and, or, or scotch or bourbon are all great examples of um, another market that's had pretty explosive growth. It's actually averaged closer to 15% over the past 10 years every single year. Um, and same dynamics, right? It's, it's something that you have to age in the cask and as the cask age gets older, people prize it more, right? That's why a 25 year Macallan is worth more than an 18 year. Um, and also because of supply and demand, as time goes on, those 25 years just become more and more rare. Um, so our next foray is going to be into, um, a company called whiskey Vest. It's still owned by us, same tech, but we're branching into a new vertical. 
Um, so that's something that we have a currently have a wait list of almost 10,000 people on. Um, mm -hmm. So we're really excited to be able to launch this and announce it um, in a few months. Hey, I guess people want to invest in alcohol. Makes sense. Yeah, they, uh, ten thousand. That's the one we love, right? I'm, yeah, I'm definitely one who loves wine and whiskey, and so do a lot of us. Exactly. Where can people go to learn more if they want to start investing and getting involved? Is it just the website? Do you guys have any kind of community or blog or where should people go? Yeah, so uh, our website, beanovest.co. Um, I'm also pretty accessible via email or on Twitter. So you can hit me up at anthony at beanovest.co. Um, and then, um, yeah, we've, we've got a, a community full of our, our beanovest investors. It's a private community for now, but you know, with access to the platform, you also get access to the community where People are trading tips, market updates, and things like that. So um, it uh, feels almost like kind of early crypto days where people are trying to create analysis on their own and, you know, be like, you know, let's long this this wine or this is what I'm betting on this year. So it's been it's been fun to kind of see those ideas pop up. Yeah, with the world we live in today with crypto and with tokenization, I wouldn't be surprised if most things were given some kind of tradable value at some point, wine being one of them maybe other liquors, maybe other items, maybe other consumables. Um, you know, if they're using corn and rice and Forex markets and futures markets, then, you know, it's not far off to consider maybe that they'll do something similar to that in the future. So there's a lot of possibilities. Yeah, totally there with you. Anything that I think can be invested in will be invested in the next few years. Yeah, probably. Anyways, it's a good place to wrap it up. Anthony, Thank you for taking the time to come on the show and talk about investing in wine and alcohol. I love it. I, you know, I'm probably going to do it myself now. Um, I definitely want to diversify into alcohol because who doesn't like it? That actually makes a lot of sense when you explain it. Awesome. Well, glad to have you on board and potentially join us. And thanks for the time again. I enjoyed the chat. Of course. Anytime. Talk again soon. All right. Take care. You too.